Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight, the gang tries to go viral. We do have to say goodbye to another member of Pride, but hello to Tandy and Tyrone. Stick around on the Runaways After Show on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everyone? I'm feeling so loopy, like some of these characters on the show, because not to bring politics in it, but Trump just got announced that he's a possibly impeached. Yeah, oh, it's not like possible. I know. Yeah. I still, I feel like this is a dream. Like I'm in the dream dark dimension. Like these characters, this is crazy, guys. But that's your worst nightmare. Enough about that. It's very reminiscent to kind of like maybe Morgan's going to be impeached later in the season. We don't know. But anyways, I'm your host Ollie Jordan. I'm joined by my fantastic panel of amazing Marvel super fans. To my left, I have Mina Nadine. Hey, everybody! Welcome back. You were were you in the dark dimension? You know what? I was in the light dimension. I was in some dimension. But that that episode that I missed, the Dream State one, was my favorite episode of Marvel's Runaways ever. That's perfect. No, I'm happy to say that. It was the best one. It was so good. Yeah, you could totally fill us in for your initial thoughts, since you missed it, because I would love to hear them, for sure. I loved it. And, of course, next to Mina is the amazing... Marvel super fan, Shay Jones. <laughs> She's back with me. I am back. <laughs> you sound so excited. <laughs> I am. That was sarcastic. I've been up since four, okay? Give me a break here, guys. Oh, girl, same. I'm working on it. Well, I'm super excited that we have our runaways kind of reunited. Lauren's not here, but go show her some love. She'll be back eventually, I'm sure. But what do you guys think of this particular episode in Mina, since you weren't here previously for some of the episodes? Let me know, because you were so excited about Welcome to Dreamland, episode five. I felt like these episodes kept getting better and better and like I said from episode one you know I already felt like we weren't starting with an intro we were in the middle of the action and it kept getting better and better and better and that's why I'm so furious that this show has been canceled <laughs> exactly I don't yeah. even understand how the show was canceled because it's so good and if anything I feel like season three has been the strongest season of Marvel's runaways wow. yet it was so good I mean, there's not even a lot of explanation for things. It just goes right into it, and you learn all these things through the beautiful visuals that we see in front of us, and we learn about the dream realm, and we got to see Carol Lena looking at the love of her life be turned into this crazy right? demon. <laughs> I mean, it was so dark. It was yeah. crazy, and I just, I loved every second of it, and my thoughts of Morgan Le Fay have completely changed. Oh, oh well, I'm excited. <laughs> completely changed. I'm I like, excited I like to, hear to that. believe the best in people. But now I'm seeing Uh-oh. seeing a crazy side to her that I, it feels a little Lord Voldemort, Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh, I love it! I love yeah. your Harry Potter references. Yeah, how like how like contrasting compares to Runaways. It's amazing. Shay, what did you think about this particular episode or anything that you this weren't here for? Because um, you weren't here for the Dreamland episode either. I was not. So any you know, catch us up to speed in this episode and that episode if you'd like. For the Dreamland, I thought it was the most incredible place. Like, because it started off a scene like it maybe... I feel like 
your worst nightmare either is turning into your parent in Chase's case, like actually becoming his dad, mm-hmm. or when it came to Tina, actually learning that her biggest nightmare was the fact that she couldn't save Amy. Yeah. That was, in a way, humanizing Yeah, when it comes to sure. Tina as a character. So I really enjoyed that. And actually, you know, having... I still, like I keep saying, I still love the line where Chase just like... I, don't, I can't remember how he phrased it up until this point where he was just like, come at me, bro. I was like, I am so here for you, Greg Sullivan, right now. Mm-hmm. I am in love with Chase. It was a very powerful episode. I loved My personal favorite was Gert's. How Gert's anxiety was developed from her mother, mind-wiping her. That caused her at yeah. age 13. And you would think that her mom constantly trying to protect her and erase her memories would actually help Gert. It actually hurted Gert. It didn't help her by any means because that's what developed the anxiety from this whole entire time by trying to hide the truth. So basically, as a parent, don't hide the truth from your kids. But also it's kind of like we want to protect your kids, but protecting your kids too much could be very harmful in that sense. I feel like smothering your child is suffocating your child. Right. And it literally kills you and does irreparable damage and Mm -hmm. we all want to make sure that our loved ones are taken care of but the holder we we latch on Mm -hmm. the more damage can be done. What are your thoughts on this episode? Because it's really gearing up to be kind of tech meets magic in this. As we're seeing, you know, Morgan control kids with the cell phones and kind of the Corvus, as we talked about last episode, and kind of how this merging of technology and magic is is how she is kind of influencing everyone. She's yeah. like the big influencer, like <laughs> of Instagram these days. She's the Mark Zuckerberg. Who of I don't this even planet. know. Her name. Yeah, she really is, but. I don't feel like it's that far-fetched, you guys. Like, you know, at first when I saw how everyone was freaking out when their phones were cracking, I was like, oh my god, that's so dramatic. And then I thought about it, how many times does someone, like, almost drop their phone in real life and everyone's, like, freaking out like it's a (laughs) child or a baby? They're like, oh my god, my phone, my phone, my phone! So I didn't feel like it was that far-fetched. I do feel like we're, like, zombies, like... I don't know if you guys remember the Pokemon Go craze a couple years ago, but oh, everybody no. on Santa Monica Pier here in L.A. was like this, on their phones, just, like, staring <laughs> down at it. It was... Trying to catch them all. Crazy. I love Pokemon. Crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy. I never got that craze. I really didn't. Even when I got the Harry Potter version of it, like, I would play it. But I'm not... I'm, I think, for me... That's why a reason I don't understand like influence. I I'm, I'm happy that if they can make a positive influence in your life, great. Mm-hmm. But I never got the craze because I like to be connected to people actually in life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my phone is not my. It can't be my life, and I can't have it be my life. But I think a lot of people think that it's their life, and that's how they're going to constantly connect to people. No, and I, it's, I get that. But I mean, like for me, I mm. never understood the craze. Like the craze of like you were saying Pokemon Go. I never understood it, even when I was playing. I would, like, be on my phone like this. I'm just like, I'm like why? why also, you're draining my life here. But that's also the painting a picture of something that's not real. The social media is yeah. not real. It's all your highlights. And even myself, like, what I post, that's my highlights. Yeah. It's not my full extent of life. I don't post negative constantly. Like, the struggles that I go through, like, mm-hmm. I could easily post those things. But it's also, like, do I want to post those things? Do I want to be that vulnerable? Like, no. Everyone wants to see, like, that perfect picture thing. That fantasy that isn't really encapsulating the full picture of your of someone's life. People can make it seem like they are, have their life together on social media. But really, yeah. they don't. Like, my life's not together. Are you kidding me? No. But sometimes I make it seem like it is, even though it's not. And so I think that's kind of, like, kind of in a sense of where they're going in this this yeah. route, you know, with and, Morgan and I think and there's more of an attachment to the phone when you're talking to someone that you have feelings for, or like mm-hmm. a crush on, and that's exactly what Gert was experiencing yeah. when she was like, "No, I need to talk to him." And um, 
I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty pissed off. I was pretty annoyed that she could go so quickly from Chase confessing his love for her to her being like, okay, bye Chase, like, see yeah. you later, just because she found someone who is also... Like the know, same version of her. justice right. warrior. <laughs> um... I don't know. I just, I was so irritated by that. I just right. felt, not that she owes Chase anything, but I just think it's so disrespectful to, like, blatantly, like, grab the other guy's hand and be like, oh, we're j- we're going to go off here. <laughs> like, it was just too much for me. And I was like, that's what happens when you trust men. They go and they, they form this alliance and then they expose Molly and that's what happens. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, don't trust men. Basically. Yeah, just don't trust. That's the moral of the Wait, story. Was, don't trust men and Morgan I'm really confused by right. that. <laughs> I feel like I, I got lost in translation. What was it? Wait, because you talked about Grix, so and I'm confused about the whole loss for you can't trust men. What did I miss? Well, I mean, when Molly, this jumping ahead, but Molly. Oh, yeah, that herself. one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I said. She cool. revealed herself, but then he outed her to Ky- Ke- yeah. Kendall and Kylie witches, which I, I don't know their names, but right. I called them Kendall and Kylie because they look, they look like. Models, basically, basically little mini Morgans. They were around. gorgeous, very gorgeous. But um, what were your thoughts on Gert and Chase? Despite them kind of like having being at odds at one another, they were trying to go viral to kind of showcase that Corvus <laughs> is bad. They were trying to like do not sign up for Corvus. Do not, do not, yeah. do not. You know go for it because it's essentially something right. that is very negative. My favorite part of that whole thing was that Gert's personality really shines through with the social justice causes that she's so passionate about. Mm-hmm. And in the live stream, like, they're talking about how, oh, well, like, the people who make these phones are working in sweatshops in China, and it's really mm-hmm. unethical. And it's like, okay, that's <laughs> not the point. But we're glad that you're, you decided to shed light on that <laughs> issue as well. Um, so I enjoyed that part. I thought it was very true to Gert's character. Mm-hmm. I love how they incorporated that into the I thought it was really funny and mm-hmm. a nice little touch there. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Shay? Anything? I, I liked Anything? it a lot. It was funny because when Chase was so, you might remember us as being those kids that were kidnapped and mm-hmm. then maybe murderers, possibly. And then Gert is just like, no, that's too much. Like we, we don't have time for all this. <laughs> and like she would get straight to the point, but then she also got sidetracked. I just, it's true, Gert, in a true mm-hmm. Gert fashion. Like, you, like what you, like what you want, what you want to say. Somehow you still get distracted. And add things that should never be added. Yeah. But Instead I also, of saying on point. I feel like that's the true Gert coming out, though. Because I feel like Gert has been... I agree with Mina in the sense that Gert's kind of been pissing me off here and there throughout kind of this season. And even, I think, last season, she's kind of... I don't know what's up with her. Something about her is just being... I don't see the true Gert, like that way I've seen in season one. There's something yeah. that she's hiding, and she's clearly... have. She has so many walls with Chase. Yeah. And I feel like Chase has really kind of broken down his walls and really has become vulnerable with her and other characters, yet she maintains those walls. And I think one of the most beautiful things you can do to someone, to another person, is to be vulnerable. Because if I'm going to be vulnerable with you, Gert, then that should make it okay that you're going to be vulnerable because that's a gift that I'm giving you. These are my true emotions. And it's like, I don't want to say that you have to be vulnerable because obviously there's different levels of self-disclosure. It's not like, oh, Shay tells me her deepest, darkest secret (laughs) and I'm uh, like forced and obligated to tell her my deepest, darkest (laughs) secret. It's like, no, that's on you. You wanted to confide in me. I will keep your secret safe. It doesn't mean that I have to tell you mine. But it's just that I feel like we have like this empathy for Chase now 
because before he transformed from season one into this like really douchey, you know, kind of image obsessed character. Right. And then we started finding more and more layers to him where he's very smart, he's very intellectual, he has this dark backstory of being, you know, abused, his mom was abused, and we see like those layers in his personality, and the fact that we can see him becoming more and more vulnerable and not just lashing out at Gert and being jealous, but actually telling her, hey, I really love you, and like, why are you doing this, and blah, 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 I feel like it's very refreshing to see that, because he's not being controlling, he's expressing how he feels, which is the right way to do things. Which is, and I feel like she kind of gets a kick out of him being jealous. She's like, "Oh my god, you're just so jealous!" Mm-hmm. And it's like she's not being honest or authentic with him or with herself. Yeah, it's like we know that she wants him. I think she is convincing herself that she doesn't because she found someone who aligns with, with her, her image in terms of like you know the the causes that she's passionate about. And I don't think you have to have the same interests. Thank you. Yeah, that's what's so frustrating. I think so many people think, oh. Um, if we both like hiking and we both like sushi and we both like this, then we're we're meant to be together. But I think there's this, you know, other underlying factor of there's something called chemistry, and sometimes you can't fully explain chemistry, and it transcends shared interest, right. and it transcends everything else. And I feel like that's what they have, and she's just closing herself mm. off to it. Chemistry is magic. It oh is. my god, it's like science and magic coming together. It's really, unex- it really it's something is. that's very inexplainable. Sometimes you can't explain love and whatnot, and sometimes it's just very natural, despite it feeling magical. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Oh my god, it's so great. I think she's just legit repeating everything I just said. So I'm super no, happy that basic- she also agrees with me from last episode. <laughs> I didn't even watch last no. episode yet. <laughs> but Mina, uh, I think you brought up something along. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot what you said because I'm thrown off by Shay. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but um, I, rude. Speaking of the whole thing about not having to have interest. Like, that's a prime example of Nico and Carolina, who are totally, totally, totally different characters in their own rights. Like, we have the light and the darkness, and I think that's a huge theme of this season. It's a huge theme of Cloak and Dagger. You know, it's literally balancing each other out, and I think Chase and Gert do that perfectly, splendidly. Mm -hmm, And that's why their chemistry, that's why their magic exists. Right. Because of that. You know, they're, they're completely different people. And, you know... When she says, and even Gert explained in earlier episodes uh, that her relationship with Chase was a, a case of opposites attract, and yeah, that that is Carolina, Carolina, and Nico. Um, Nico. But something else that I really loved is that you know we think that Nico is giving herself up to the darkness and that she's about to do all these things, but. I was so impressed with Nico's character in this episode. Like, I love that, you know, Tina came back to normal and that, right. you know, all these characters, we finally get to see them in their true state. We get to see Stacy in her true state, Dale in his, well, I don't know, his <laughs> true state. But we get to see all these characters and finally we get to, we have the real Robert back, even if for just a couple scenes. Uh-huh. And, like, that was so important for me as a viewer to finally see these Pride members back the way that we remember them because for so long they were either inhabited yeah (laughs) but like Like, yeah yeah. they're not inhabited by an alien anymore they're They're not not tied to pride because pride pride. pride doesn't exist anymore right so these kind of are the versions of who they were before joan even came into their lives which is also a good way to to view them and you can actually when tina broke the enchantment over robert and their like his actual like happiness Mm -hmm. at seeing her my heart like broke at that moment because i'm just I was just, I felt so happy for them. Because mm-hmm. their love, despite the, the affair that happened, they did have love in their relationship. Right. They have love for each other, even 
with everything that's happened in their lives. The mm-hmm. love is still there, and it's actually really strong. And it was just so sweet to see. I know. I was really happy watching that. I mean, it, it, it was weird because it almost went from, like, 0 to 180 like that. And normally that wouldn't be believable. But for whatever reason, watching that scene felt so raw and believable for me. And... I don't know. I just was like, they felt like a family again. What, you know, we just needed Amy, but... We just needed... So, like, we needed kind of, like, this fatal blow, essentially, to Robert. Losing another character. You lost yeah. Amy, and now you're losing the father, you know, Tina's husband. Yeah. So, it... And it's kind of crazy. I think it goes to show that how loss in your family or your loved ones, whether you're biologically tied or not, it just goes to show that it... the. The silver lining in the loss of a loved one is that it does bring people together. Right. And I think that's a prime example of Nico and Tina. And his last words in Japanese, I was just like, why, sorry, why are you making me cry today? Like, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, saying that, you know, she is the brightest light in the world and just protect her. Mm-hmm. And I think it also just showed how scary Morgan can be and how she can kind of take yeah. you out there and then and she's smart she caught on so quick robert was trying to be the sneaky mole that he is it was so nice that she got it like that she felt it she's yeah someone's in my books <laughs> someone's in my books literally oh my god so this is what nicholas kelly Uh-oh. says you guys so wait a minute in the small span of six months morgan basically took over a billion dollar company <laughs> enslaved the entire state of california well, and now is marketing her conduit for her magic Yes, Nicholas, I mean, that is so true. <laughs> Crazy. How come I can't accomplish all of this in six months? Technically, she only is the southern state of other uh, southern part of California, so her, like where she at so far. She hasn't got to the whole state. She going she heading there though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna happen. But I mean, there was no one true else. To, there was no one else to combat her. Robert was the perfect person for her to manipulate in order to get into Wizard. Mm-hmm. Tina wasn't there, so she had the span of six months. And in she order- hates Tina. And like, this, is, this is another and Tina. It's her. It's her guts too. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what happened to them because obviously they knew each other. What, they went to magic school, whatever you want to call it. They've known each other for a while and I'm assuming Tina's the one that put Morgan away. Yeah. She Ooh. sent Morgan away. I have that. Girl, that's have prediction. That really good, that's, that's prediction. Okay, that's a theory. That's, that's my theory. That's a good prediction, though. I have that feeling because she's like, I want like, I want her to like see you. When you okay. die, I want to like have it go up my spine. That's good. I Get that prediction brewing, because I like that a there lot. There is a plot hole when it comes to Uh-oh. Tina, though. Oh, and no. this is something that Brandon Bowie in the chat has pointed out. He says, one plot hole is that prior to season three, Tina could not do magic without her staff. But now she's able to do magic without it. Most likely in order to serve the Magic Morgan storyline. Which I thought was really interesting because we never saw Tina do anything without her staff. We basically saw Tina powerless the first two seasons. And now we see Tina speaking Latin and doing the thing where she touches Robert and, you know, is able to cast a spell. Maybe she felt like she didn't, to kind of defend plot holes, maybe she felt like she didn't need to use the level of magic that she needed without without the staff. Mm -hmm. Because there was no other magic within season one or season two. It really was very grounded the other seasons. the staff of one. It was very grounded then. There was no other magic. Everything was kind of tech-based or alien-based. Right. This is the final season. It was funny because I feel like the first season was more so technology. Second season was aliens. Mm -hmm. Third season was magic. 
Right. And our fourth season's going to be... No. Um, we hope. <laughs> I feel like there is a possibility to bring back Dude. season four. You guys just have to tweet about it. Right. You have to tweet about Marvel's Runaways. Tweet your anchor. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you can do. Hashtag it. Yeah. Or use tweet. those phones from... <laughs> use your, from the your Corvus. Use the Corvus. No, I'm use my Apple. Okay? Tweet That's Kevin Feige. Tweet Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It, I think shows really do come back... They're revived through the fan base, mm-hmm. the, the powerful fan base, and I'm so proud of the fan base of Runaways because it is a very diverse fan base of all ages, of all races, of all sexual orientations. Because so many people can identify with these characters, because it's not only the kids that we're empathizing and uh, relating to; it's also the Pride members, right? You know, so it's just because granted, even though they, let's we're not we're not saying the murdering of 17 kids is something to right. look overlook. We're not saying that, but we're also trying to understand that. They were people before Jonah came into their lives and made the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And as we're learning, everybody's willing to make a certain sacrifice to get to what to get what they want in life, mm-hmm. right? Whether because in their mind it's a good justification, yeah, it is a good intention. But we all know the good intentions lead for the roll of hills. So. But also, I think it also relieves room for certain characters, such as the Pride, to repent for their sins. Yes, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just because this one thing isn't going to completely define me basically like this yeah. one mistake that i did over i can i can write my wrongs even if it's going to like if it kills me i could still write that wrong mm-hmm. so and it, i also don't think killing certain characters that's been happening also is justice in a sense at least especially when it comes to like Catherine and and, right. and when have, what happened to her because for me the more justice you could have, could have had to have her rotten in prison. Mm-hmm. You don't like her death doesn't do anything for me. Her suffering, oh, that is a lot for my life. Mm-hmm. At least that's where I'm when I came from when it came to Catherine mm-hmm. specifically. Because your man's gone, why would you just kill her? Mm-hmm. Like you should just let her stay there, frame her for another murder if you have to, or something like that. Keep her there. And then the salt in the wounds. Jeffrey is with Tamar. I'm still pissed by that. I just really and Jeffrey's now now Jeffrey's under control from Morgan. So I'm like, great because she's using his wanting of to know where Alex is for him and right his like his love for his son is infinite. Like he would do anything for Alex. Do Mm -hmm. we know if that really is Alex or am I being a crazy conspiracy theorist right now? Alien? Not alien, Alex. But I I almost wondered when they were looking into the mirror if she was just projecting an image of torture Mm. that wasn't accurate and that I wondered if she even has power to bring Alex back because it feels like, you know, she seems like she's an all-powerful sorceress, but in reality, Morgan Le Fay can't do anything without Nico. There's a reason she wants the staff of one. There's a reason that, you know, Nico is important to her. She can't take over without Nico. Nico is the missing link. Well, the so, staff of one is why she keeps. Well, yeah, the staff of one, but I, I do feel, and I don't know this for sure, but I do feel like this might be similar to the Elder Wand in Harry Potter, where the staff of one is only meant for a one owner. Yeah, so it's only whether meant- it's Tina or Nico, it has to be rightfully earned. And if it's not, then Morgan Le Fay can't even really use it. She needs to harness its powers through Nico. So she wanted to get Nico's loyalty. But she told Nico, you are a true Minoro. Right. You are a traitor. I should have known. She can't use it, too, because she needs Nico at the end of the day. She doesn't want to kill Nico because the staff of one only is for the Minoro right. clan. You right. know, it's only for Tina. And I remember it was even, Tina even said, 
the staff thinks the staff thinks you're me. You're me. She said that to Nico. Mm-hmm. That's why Nico can use it. And who knows Amy, if Amy could have used it right. at some point. Probably. It just seems like it's like passed down. Yeah. You know, it kind of like goes from Minoru to Minoru, particularly the females. Right. Especially like even Tina's nightmare. It was the grandmother, right. the, the sister, uh, the aunts, basically. Yeah. So the women of the family definitely can use it. Robert didn't have them. Sorry, Robert. Do it. So basically... <laughs> So yeah, well, there you go. I loved what Robert did though with those glasses. Yeah, oh, smart. he left his little. That was like his swan song. He went out. That was so smart. Mm-hmm. That was so smart. We kept thinking, wow, he was so close yet so far. And the second he said, "Take my glasses. I want you to see the world the way I saw it." I literally thought it would be some sort of Spy Kids thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Whole, like, algorithm with all of this, like you know. I actually was afraid that he was going to actually she's going to see his actual death too. I was afraid like that was gonna show like she was uh, gonna see that too. At the yeah, same like time. it recorded everything. Yeah, it re- like it recorded everything. Or him and right. Morgan doing the freaky t- Oh no! <laughs> I'm pretty sure he took off the glasses for that. I really hope so, Lord. <laughs> no child needs to see that. Probably all fogged up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just had to, I had to bring some light. I doubt they. I also doubt Morgan was giving him some. Like he was in a champion. Like she could have pretended like they were doing something. He wouldn't even know the difference. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I'm, think I don't think Morgan wants that. She doesn't care about human pleasure. Robert's so she attractive, doesn't. though. I think Robert's he's a zaddy. He's a, I mean, I agree with the zaddy part, but yeah. Okay, something we did skim over because we before we well, we still have lots of time. But I, what did you think about Molly? Molly had a huge part in this episode just because she confronted Leslie. Because we come to find out, Dale kind of spilled the beans, which is kind of a good thing. I think. Some, at some point, these characters need to know the truth of what happened in the past, especially to their parents. I feel, yeah. And she confronts Leslie, kill my parents. Right. A, and what did you think? Did you think she was going to react violently? Yeah. And knowing that she didn't react violently, how did you perceive that? You know, one of the people in the chat earlier uh, said that Molly showed a lot of growth in this episode. Um, I can understand how they would think that, but for me, I was a little annoyed and disappointed in Molly. However, she is the youngest, so I feel like I do tend to cut her the most slack, because I do think she has a lot of growing up to do. I feel like she's someone who definitely wears her heart on her sleeves, um, says exactly what she's thinking at all times without any sort of foresight to, maybe I should keep this a secret. Maybe I shouldn't blindly trust everyone. No filter. Maybe I you. should show a random person that I've known for, like, <laughs> less day. than a week my powers <laughs> because that's something crazy to do. Like, why would you just show someone that you have a crush on your powers? That's, like, the equivalent of telling someone you just started dating that you have some sort of mental illness. Like, you save that stuff for later. Right. You don't lead with it. You you save it once there's trust. And once that trust is built, then you can say, hey, this is, like, my secret, or I'd like to talk about this, and I don't want to be judged for it. You don't do it when you first meet someone. So I was super annoyed. Um, I also felt like the way she confronted Leslie was kind of immature and very much like, I know what you did. You shielded I mean, the truth I me. mean, technically, I'm, I will say in this Molly's defense, she didn't confront Leslie. She left the room. Leslie came and followed her. So mm. Leslie... She was giving her the side eye, too. Like, Molly, she was looking at her up and down. Girl, bye. Um, but, I mean, I'm happy. I think overall I was satisfied that she didn't choose to kill or do anything violent towards Leslie because at the end of the day, her doing doing her in wouldn't bring up her family. It wouldn't make her feel anything. I love what Leslie said. She has all this weight of all the deaths that she had, and she wouldn't wish that on anyone. And to, yeah. if Molly would have killed Leslie, she would have had that weight of killing someone, regardless of whether Leslie deserved it. it. Yeah. 
it, you're still killed someone. I mean, even people who have killed in self-defense have survivor's guilt and remorse and so much guilt for it because they like your mind under like you understand um, ed, what's what's the word you understand on a mental level that you did what you had to do because it was either your life or theirs. But as a human being. For a lot of us, we're not built to take another life. Right. We just aren't built that way. We are not built to also handle the emotions that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And in, in uh, Leslie saying that to Molly was just one shows her growth as her own character. As Leslie has un- understood what she's done, and she actually, you know, she's accepting it. She's saying, "I understand why you want to hurt me, and if you do, I will sit here and take it." However, it will not make you feel any better, and it will just wait on you. And I think in Molly's mind, she understands, I am also too young for that burden, too. Like, she has been burdened with so much information. I don't think she needs to add this to her plate. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Bodhi, Molly, you met this dude yesterday. I'm going to need you. Like like you keep saying, we always think of Molly. We should like she she has shown a lot of growth over three seasons, but she is still the youngest. So she is gullible in that sense of he thinks I'm beautiful. He thinks I'm fearless. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is, can be my new normal. New normal. I can find my new normal this way. Baby girl, no. Like you build, like build some trust. Like make him earn it. Don't just give it to him. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, I have a surprise for you. Just wait right here. How did you know I was gonna come today? Mm-hmm. What surprise could you possibly have for me if you didn't know I was coming? I do think that shows that, like, I think we already said it, that Molly is the youngest, but she's also just not a perfect character like a lot of these characters. And it's okay not to be perfect. She does have her faults. She is very trustworthy. It comes with her youth. And it just I think it's also, not to defend her, but she does feel like on the outskirts right now, because she really doesn't know the full extent. I think, Shay, you already said that she's kind of on the outskirts of, like, everything that's going on. She doesn't realize everything that's going on with Morgan and the bigger picture. She's been hanging with Dale. She's been, you know... Cutting up carrots. Right. She's with... You know, is she becoming a gib? No, but it just kind of sucks. And it did... I was happy that she didn't do anything negatively to Leslie, but at the same time, I'm... I had the the idea that she is kind of headed towards this darker route. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys felt the same way. Mina, do you think Molly's in jeopardy of becoming not evil but doing something negatively because it felt like there was still unfinished business after that conversation with Leslie. I don't know if she's going to do anything but I know that Nicholas Cully in the chat says there's a reason as to why the mutants are still hidden to this very day. Molly just up and ruined that whole entire race. (laughs) Had this boy posted her on the internet, the whole mutant race would have been screwed even more. Which I think is a really interesting point because I feel like the second you find out there's one of them, you're like, oh, this can't just be like some sort of aberration. There has to be more. Like, who else is out there that has this power? It's not just one. So I totally get what Nicholas Kelly is saying in the chat. And I feel like Molly had the potential to ruin something. And... That would have been a big deal. Like, if you have a power like that, you don't share it with the world. You keep it a secret so that you can use it as a secret weapon in self-defense. Right. You don't just use it. Like, we remember her in season one just using it for fun and, like, getting really ahead of herself and being like, I'm going to be the superhero and I'm going to be an adult and save the world. And we saw how bad and disastrous that was. And it almost feels like in this instance she hasn't learned her lesson. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like Molly could... Now that she would be prone to evil, she's definitely be prone to be 
manipulated by evil and do things not of her knowledge. Yeah. And that's going to harm her more when she comes out of it and she's back to being Molly and she realizes the damage that she caused. That's going to cause her a lot more hurt and pain than anything else. Because mm-hmm. she she wants to help. That's all she really wants to do. Right. But in this case, you know, some uh, something bad's about, like, about to happen. And even when they found out about Carolina's power, they're like, oh, Morgan will be, like, love to, like, use you. Like, you'll be very useful to whatever Morgan's plan is because we don't really have the actual full details of right. what it is. Which we better get. Right, we got three more episodes. I mean, and yeah. you know, we got some, we got some surprise people that came today. You want to talk about them? Oh Ollie? yeah. Well, by the end of the episode, when Nico quote unquote summoned them, or did they come themselves? You're talking about Cloak and Dagger, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, I was like, like okay. <laughs> Dandy and Tyrone. You know, if you're no stranger to the Cloak and Dagger after show, I also host that. It's such, unfortunately, that has been canceled as well with the addition mm-hmm. of you know Kevin Feige. They kept signing. I'm just saying. But it's also just kind of like Disney Plus and Kevin Feige controlling all the creative divisions within the MCU now. And that means the television. So it sucks. But um, it is cool to kind of see them, their last kind of portrayal in the Runaways. And it's so interesting because it's like, yes, they are crossing over to the Runaways, but yet it's the Runaways are going into their world, the dark dimension and whatnot, which will probably, which will, you know, that's that's the next episode. But we can still get our predictions going for that. But um, what were your thoughts on kind of like uh, the, just kind of like this idea of having a crossover with the, with Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways? And do you think it's a good thing or is it a bad thing? I'd like to see some Spider-Man. I'd like to see some <laughs> Thor. I'd like to see some more. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I love that you bring up Spider-Man because it's time to get to our quick little special segment, our comic book corner. Because it's so funny, the Runaways actually encountered Spider-Man in the first initial run. And they also encountered Cloak and Dagger. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because in the comics, it was actually... Uh, Flores, I don't know if you remember Flores from season two. Oh, the two. detective, yeah. He's gone. Thank God. <laughs> but he, was act- he actually hired Cloak and Dagger in the comics to track down um, the Runaways mm-hmm. for the Pride. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's interesting that in this iteration, Nico kind of summoned them, or they came themselves because Nico was tampering with the Dark Dimension in order to get to Alex. But the Cloak and Dagger in the comics played a huge role in kind of, like, hinting at who the mole was. Because at one point, some of the runaways in the comics were brought into the Dark Dimension by Cloak. And he was the one who sensed that one of them was evil. One of them. And we know in the comics that, you know, spoilers, we already said it on the after show, that Alex was the one that came out to be the mole in the comics. And obviously, it's the aliens in this iteration. Mm -hmm. But until then... We got to save the cloak and dagger discussion for the next after show. So why don't we get to predictions? Your after buzz TV predictions. What do you think could possibly potentially happen throwing cloak and dagger in with Nico? Because our some of our characters got kidnapped. I mean, they saved them. I think. No, not in this episode. Nobody saved anybody yet. No, that's why she got them. I feel okay. So this is a little confused about that scene. I will say this. So, the book said that to go to the Dark Dimension, there had to be an exchange of a soul. Right? Like, in the, in the way it was phrased. Yeah. So, um, Ooh. And that, that, like that, that line 
confuse me in a sense of does that mean the fact that Robert died can you take that soul in a sense over to the dark dimension and that's where it will stay possibly how does like how does one soul travel in that sense or do you bring it with you you can't take it back I had a lot of questions about that particular just that the line that is very right. interesting okay because now I'm thinking about it because maybe does that mean Alex's soul is somehow kind of like exchanged for them to go? I don't know. That's that that's kind of makes me look at the episode and kind of like future possibilities differently now. So maybe if that's the case, someone's soul has been used in order to get there. That or we're some, not, or that someone's we're, soul is still there. Like their true soul. I think that has to do with Alex, honestly. He's the one who, like, we know the least amount about right now. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on with him, and it looks like the soul has been taken out of him, quite literally. Like, he's being tortured or something. Mm-hmm. And where's the aliens? Are these? Well, the aliens have been destroyed. <laughs> be, I guess they were destroyed when they were sent to the Dr. Mitchell. Well, that would be an interesting turn of events to see if the aliens are going to inhabit new bodies and we think that we're safe but then we realize nope this whole time now Nico is the alien <laughs> because when she did that all the aliens came and inhabited her body oh, damn wow <laughs> you went to you want to she got four personalities she I mean now she got five that's kind of crazy she don't need no more <laughs> yeah that's why she's not getting along with Carolina and, well, well, they're not getting along because they need to communicate better. No, no, because there's four people inhabiting her body right now. That's the real <gasps> well, reason. Any more predictions, whether it's, you know, Tandy and Tyrone, whether it's Molly, who, who she's not been captured. But um, not, I don't no, think she. I she, don't think she's been captured. Okay, so all we know is that six have been captured. Which was the Dale, parents. Dale, Stacy, uh, Victor, Carolina, Gert. Chase, Gert. Right. And all we know is that Bodie, last time we saw Molly, was talking about having a surprise and he'll be back in five minutes. Mm-hmm. That was the last time we ever heard of Molly. Right. So, so we can assume, not, not that she's kidnapped. They have something but, in store Yeah, they have her. something in store for her. Right. Yeah. Because she got that power. Bodie's oh, like, oh. Fun little person I want to mention in the comments right now. Uh, Nicholas Kelly says, I would love them to encounter the Avengers and the X-Men, just a couple of members, because Cloak and Dagger, along with the Runaways, has met them multiple times in the comics. Mm-hmm. That's really a fun fact, because I didn't know that. I didn't know that they already met the Avengers and X-Men. And that's also interesting, considering that one of the X-Men, um, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence? Mystique. Oh, Mystique. Mystique is very similar to Zavin's character, so I'd like to see how that plays out <laughs> if she and Zavin ever come in contact with one another, because that would just be so much shape-shifting going oh on. God. It would be so confusing. Well, like, well, like could is... Zavin turn into Mystique, and could Mystique turn into <laughs> Zavin, in which case, my mind is just gonna be completely blown. Well, Mystique is dead. <laughs> and along with the X-Men films. No. Oh, no, they're no. back, man. They're the dark, back. They're back, baby. No, according to Dark Phoenix, but, yeah. yeah. Now that, the, now that Disney has taken it back. We're going to get new X-Men gonna, and Fantastic Four. That's going to be uh, a couple years, probably. But Phase five. That's not Any more thoughts before we have to, unfortunately, wrap <sighs> Nothing up? Nothing other than I want to designate Nicholas Kelly our comic book expert. Yes. Because he yeah. is just bringing these comic book reference gems to our panel. We stand, Thank Nicholas you, Kelly. Nicholas Kelly. We love you. Thanks for participating in the chat, everyone. We This is great. Yes, we love you guys. You make the show just even more marvelous than it already <laughs> is. Yes. But, unfortunately, we got to wrap. Where can I find my amazing, marvelous panel on social media? You guys can find me at Real Shade Dolls on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at Disney's uh, High, School Musical, High School Musical, The Musical, The After Show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Disney News Weekly on Popcorn Talk. 
talk in uh, some town with that person on Wednesdays. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, I am Mina Nineteen. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mina Makes Magic. I talk about movies. I talk about astrology. I talk about both those things together. Check it out. Yes, and I'm Ollie Drennan. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ollie Jammer. Check out my cosplay page on Instagram as well at Ollie Cosplays. We have three more episodes of this season. Stick around because we still have some more running away to do. See you guys later. Bye guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 